we're going to get right into God's word. We are still studying on the word vision. On the word of vision. Let's go back. Thank you very much right there. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. You go to a ministry because they have vision. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, we're going to look at verse 1 through verse number 12. Just a touch. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. When you get there, say amen. amen. All right, verse number 1, and we're going to read that down to verse number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Verse 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching, verse 4 says, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, and yet not the wisdom, the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to know. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even a hidden wisdom of God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard Neither have entered to the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man know the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now for giving us your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Spirit has given us all things. The Holy Spirit has uh, given us his word, which we call in the New Testament all things. And we give you all the praise now and all the glory. Now teach us, lead us, and guide us, and help us to understand what you have given through the Apostle Paul for the church. Bless your name, Lord. We praise you. We appreciate you. We adore you. In the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, we receive these blessings, and everybody said amen. amen. All right, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now, what we are doing today is continuing. Uh, that is our whole motive, is the word continuing. Now, we've been teaching in this ministry about vision, but before we got there, we went through some other things that we told you about. In volume one and volume two, we went through these things. We told you uh, in volume one, part one and two, we went on the word, the message of faith. The message of faith. Now those things you need to get, look, put that on the, on the, on the screen, on, and we're gonna use the good news. On Romans 10, 
8, 9, 10. The message of faith. We're headed to our, we're headed to our message. We're going to give you our subject and then we're going to tax a little while. We're going to go continue with what we talked about last week and it is called Follow the Holy Spirit Vision. Follow the Holy Spirit's vision. Now, to understand the Holy Spirit vision, you have to be able to understand the Apostle Paul. Because when God gave vision in the New Testament, he gave the New Testament vision to the Apostle Paul. Now, let's look at that today in the book of Ephesians, chapter number 3. Start verse 1. God gave the New Testament vision to the Apostle Paul. So when you go to a ministry, you got to understand that. He did not give the, the New Testament vision to Peter. He gave Peter the vision that he had given the church of God. So here, here's how you look at it. First of all, he gave Moses the vision, but the Moses vision was to Israel. Then he gave the second vision that the, the, to Peter, but that vision was to the children of Israel. So you have to see what happened. First vision was given to what? Israel. The second vision, Peter, was given to the children of Israel. All right, so you had the father, then you had the children. Then you had the vision that was given to the Gentiles through the Apostle Paul. Then the last vision was given to Israel, the book of Revelation. All right, now, we're going to look at this, and we're going to show you the difference, because that's why we talked about the different word. The word we got is the revealed word. So that's how you have to know the difference. Here it is on, on the screen. We're looking at... Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, not 2, 3, and verse 1. A little country come out there. 3. Are you there? All right, it says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, say, for you Gentiles. See, so his vision is for you Gentiles. Watch what he say. We just, if you flow, I'll, I'll flow with you. Surely you have heard that God, in his grace, has given me this work to do for your good. He, he continues to say what well, the message he has is for their good. Verse 3 says, God revealed his secret plan so to me. He said, God revealed past tense now. So you're not trying to get the revelation. You're trying to get the revelation God gave Paul. So God already gave the revelation to Paul. That's your revelation. So God revealed past tense his secret plan, which is his purpose, his secret plan, which is his vision, and made it known to me, Paul says. Let, don't, don't roll it too fast. Let me finish that. He made it known to me. I have written briefly about this. And if you will re read what I have written, you can learn about my understanding of the secret of Christ. So otherwise, he's already given it to us. But we got to study Paul's teaching. Then it says in past, in past time, Human beings were not told this secret. So you can't go back over here to Moses, Peter, James, and John and get this. Only Paul had it. In past time, human beings were not told this secret. But God has revealed it now by 
the, the Holy Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. And, and that's what I, he said. The secret is this, that by means of the gospel, by means of the gospel, you got to understand, it's only one gospel Paul preached, it's the gospel Christ. So he's saying by means of the gospel, the Gentiles have a part with the Jews in God's blessings. That's the first thing. That God has included the Gentiles in God's blessings. Second, he's going to say, the Gentiles also are members of the body of Christ. But he's going to start off, he's not going to say it that way, of the same body. The Gentile is a member of the same body. That's the body of Christ. Third, and the Gentile will share in the promise that God had made through Christ Jesus. And that promise was to give everyone to become son, the Holy Spirit. So that's what happened. And now he goes on and after that and says, I was made a servant of the, of the gospel, a servant, see, of the gospel, the gospel of Christ. By God's special gift, which is God's grace, which he gave me through the working of his power. Now, that's all I wanted to that, but I just want you to read it out the Good News uh, Bible. Now, let's go to the book of Habakkuk. We're going to look at the first four verses. We're kind of upkeeping you. I was going to do that. Uh, okay, well, I'll do that. Romans 10, verse 8 out of Good News. Now, I'm showing you the method of faith. See, we used to teach the message of faith, or the word of faith for salvation. And then God showed me, where did you get the faith from? Because you can't preach faith and get faith. See, you got, the Bible will tell you where faith comes, then the Bible going to tell you where righteousness comes. We're going to show you that which righteousness is faith. Same word. So, if you study Abraham in, in Romans chapter 4, you will see uh, the gift of righteousness is the gift of faith. But I'm going to show you something another way. So, we're going to read this first. We're going to show you how you got this. And then we're going to show you how it came. Romans 10, 17 will be the next verse. So, you need to write these down. I'm going to read Romans 10, 8, 9, 10, then verse 17. Because we're going to show you where faith come from. Then I'm going to go to, write these down, Romans chapter 1, verse 15, 16, 17. Those three verses. Because you got to see where faith come from, where righteousness come from. You just don't get faith by preaching faith. What it says is this. God's message is near you. Now, what he's quoting you is Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11, which we're not going back there again. You have to get the tape on what is faith, all that's on there. What it says is this, God's message is near you, on your lips and in your heart, that is the message of faith. Do everybody see the message? Do everybody see the message? All right, that's the message. King James used the word, word of faith. The word, word, means message. All right? The message of faith. That we preach, Paul says. Now you got to understand, he did preach the message of faith, but it was not to the Gentiles. Because I'm going to go and read you that in Romans chapter 1. I just showed it to you in Ephesians 3, 1 through 7. 
Then he's, here's the message of faith. If we confess that Jesus is Lord, now who message is that? That's the message of faith. How do I know that? Because let's slip. Can we go there and come right back? We're going to go to Matthew 16, 17, 18. See, the message of faith he gave Peter. How do I know that? Because their message was to believe Jesus Christ is Lord. See, your salvation is not based on you got to believe Jesus Christ is Lord, although you should believe Jesus Christ is Lord. But God has gone further. Acts 2.36, God has made that same Jesus whom they crucified both Lord and Christ. He's not just Lord now, he's both Lord and Christ. But then before the cross, they had to believe who he is to be saved. You believe what he's done to be saved. See, he, over here, he's already died, buried, and raised again from the dead. So you got to believe what he's done to be saved. Over here, before, they just had to believe who he is. They didn't even know who he was. So they had to believe he's the Christ. So Matthew 16, verse 17 is what I'm waiting, waiting for. I'll be always waiting. Okay. Okay, let's finish this. Then we'll go then, I reckon, okay? Uh, Romans 10. Romans 10 and 9 says this is what they, what they had to do. This is what the, the message of faith said. If we confess that Jesus is Lord. So I ask you to go to Matthew 16, verse 17, 18. That's what I'm waiting for. So in Matthew 16, verse 17, 18, Jesus answered and said to Peter, Peter, bless I thy Simon by Jonah. Flesh and blood have not revealed it unto you. Reveal what? But my father has revealed it unto you. What did what, Peter? Back, back to verse 16, you'll see what. What did he reveal to Peter? They asked, Jesus asked, who do men say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you the Christ. You have to hear what he says. Who am I? So their salvation was based on who he is. you the Christ, you're the son of the living God. Now go to the Gospel of St. John. Chapter 20, the last chapter, and you're going to read the last two verses. Why did John write his book? So you have to understand, their salvation is the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is who Jesus is. Did they know who he is? Their eternal life was based on who he is. Write that down. We'll go to that also. John 17. Verse 1 through 3. John 20, many other signs that truly did Jesus in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. That was their salvation. And that believing, he's the Christ, the Son, Son of God, and that believing, you might have life through his name. Their salvation was in the name of Jesus. Now, you need to write this down because I'm getting ready to take you somewhere. Remember, we're in deep water. I'm getting ready to take you to some deep things of God. Their salvation was where? In the name of Jesus. So that's why when you read Acts 4.12, which we don't have to go to there, if you want to, if you fast enough and get back, it's okay with me. Acts 4.12 said, neither their salvation in any other. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. They were saved in the name of Jesus. 
John, 7, John chapter 17, verse 1. Then I'm going to go back, back to John chapter 1, and I'm going to read verse 9 through 11. John 17, 1 said, These words spake Jesus, lift up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, I was come, glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. And thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life, the son should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. So when you see that, you have to understand, well, who did the Father give to the Son? You have to be able to read John chapter 5, 6, 5 and 6. In those two chapters, the Father told you all that thou hast given me. John chapter 17, all that, all those that thou hast given me. Well, the only somebody the Father gave him was 12 men. Okay, stay where yet. We're not going to go there. This is eternal life. He gave it to you, John 17 and 3, but this is not eternal life for you. Those under the gospel of the kingdom, this is eternal life, that they might know thee. So for, for them to know who he is was eternal life. I gave you four scriptures, five. Did you see it? Now, that's what I'm saying. I get, I'm actually see I get about four people. Say, First, write this down. They eternal life is that they might know thee. I gave you five scriptures to show you that. Did you see it? All right. If not, you don't know your salvation no way. All right. But I'm just asking, did you see it? Out of five scriptures, did you see it? <laughs> Here we go again. And this is eternal life that they might know. You are not saved by knowing him. He did not come to you. He did not ask you, who do men say I am? That's not your salvation. So their salvation, this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. So his whole thing is that the Father, that they would believe God sent him and know who he is. So all the miracles that Jesus did were for one purpose, that they may know that he's the Christ. So he did all the miracles. That, why did he raise Lazarus from the dead? When you read the story, it'll tell you he raised Lazarus from the dead. I waited four days so you may know that you might believe that I'm the Christ. Now, how many understanding? All right. When all y'all say amen, I'm going to be able to move on. All right. Now, in John 1 and 9, it says, that was the true light, which lightens every man that comes into the world. Verse 10, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came to his own, John 1, 11, here it is. Jews, people, Israel. He came to his own, his own received them not, but as many as received him. See him already in verse 12. But as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that what? Amen. How many can see it now? Amen. I gave you seven, believe in his name. Amen. Can you see it? Amen. That's how they were saved. Now how was Paul saved? First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. My wife read it every week. If you die and go to hell, it's not going to be my fault. I'm a repetitious preacher. 
I'm going to say it over and over and over and over till you get it. Because if you don't get it, the Holy Ghost cannot come into your house and live. Let me say it again. If you don't get it, the Holy Ghost cannot come in your house to live. When you believe Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, the Holy Ghost comes in your house and live. 15 and 1. 1 Corinthians, my wife reads this every week. This is how Paul got saved. He's the apostle of the Gentiles. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach. That's why I'm dealing with you today on vision. I'm continuing to teach it on follow the Holy Spirit vision. Well, if I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit vision, I've got to follow Paul's vision. Because God gave the, the vision to Paul for us. Ephesians 3, 1 through 7, I read that. All right. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preached. E.D. Which I preached. I preached to you, which you have also received. You have, I preached it, you received it. Now you got to stand in it. So in verse 2 said, this is it. By which also you are saved. He did not say you're going to be. One of the greatest things happened with people is they don't know how to read. I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you I'm an English master major. And I understood that that was one of the greatest things that turned me on why I want to major in English is because people do not know how to read. To know how to read, the teacher said to me, you don't know how to read. I looked at her, I said, I do know how to read. She said, no, you do know how to read. She said, son, listen, when you learn how to read, you're able to comprehend what you read. Now you know how to read. When you know how to read, you know where the comma should be, you know where the conjunction of the and should be, you, should, you know where the thought ends, you know how to read. That's what I mean. I'm not trying to put you down. I'm here to educate you. I'm an educator. I'm a teacher. I'm an instructor in righteousness. Amen? Watch what he said, verse 2. By which also you are saved if, if, he didn't tell you if you got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name. See, but that was over here where John the Baptist was. He baptized Jesus. Now you're over here where Paul at, and people still want to take that as doctrine. Now you're under the Holy Spirit now. Well, watch what he says. Verse 2 said, by which you are saved if you keep in memory. He, now, under Jesus' ministry, it was a different if. It's, on, it's on, the, on the thing over there. We used to do communion here. We don't do communion no more. The communion called Passover. But it was, if you do this in remembrance of me. They had to do what they did in remembrance of him because they were saved in his name. But he didn't tell you to do this in remembrance of me. Watch what he said. If you keep in memory what I preached. He didn't tell you to come eat the bread off the table. He said you got to keep in memory what I preached to you. Well, what did he preach? We're going to show you that. Unless you have believed in vain. So that's why I read you 1 Corinthians chapter 2, which is our series. He said, I preached to you Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. 
We go back to again. Just a moment. Let me read this first. We go back to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. He said, I delivered to you first of all that which also I received. Here it is, how Christ died for our sins. Or what did he preach? Christ died for our sins. Do I listen to what I'm saying? He's going to give them to you. What did he preach? How Christ died for our sins. What did he preach? How Christ died for our sins. Number one. Number two, Christ was buried and Christ rose again from the dead. Can't you see he preached Christ's death, burial, resurrection? He said, that's how I was saved. You keep that in memory. What I preach to you. Now, there's a whole lot of people trying to tell you how to be saved. A lot of people tell you, get baptized in water in Jesus' name, you can be saved. You, you can get the Holy Ghost, baptized in water. That's not what they teach in the New Covenant. You're on a whole different vision. And people don't understand that they're going to die and go to hell because they're trying to prove God is wrong. You just don't know. Okay, now, I gave you some things we're going to go to. First Corinthians chapter 2, this is what I said when I started this off. Paul said, I, brother, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring to you what? We're going to do a teaching here under the, in this series under the testimony of God. Because the gospel of Christ is the what? Testimony of God. Then he said to you, next verse, verse 2, I determined not to know anything among you, say what? Jesus Christ in crucified. What did Paul preach? Jesus Christ in him, he, I preached Christ and him crucified. He didn't preach who he is to you. He preached Jesus Christ and him crucified. Keep going. I was with you in, meek, in weakness, I was with you in fear and much trembling. Then it says, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words once again, Man's wisdom. That's Old Testament. But in demonstration of the Spirit. Now, why did he say he did that? Verse 5, verse 5 said, That your faith should not stand. You got to understand, this is how you say by what you have put your faith in. When I sit in this chair, I'm saying, I believe this chair would hold me. I did not hesitate. If I believe that chair would hold me, I'll sit in it. Do you understand? What you trust is what you put your confidence in. Now, I believe, I'm not going to get in that water and believe it's going to save me. You got to hear what I just said. The only reason I sat in this chair that I believe it's going to hold me up. Now, when people put their faith in water, they're saying, if I get baptized in water, I believe that's going to save me. That's what you're actually saying. Now you got to say what it's going to save me from. Because you can't get eternal life by water baptism. They got eternal life in John 17 and 3 if they believe that Jesus is Christ. Are y'all hearing me? Amen. All right. So God told us how we get eternal life. Now, that's what we already have. That's how they got eternal life. But we're going to keep going. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. I'm headed to my message. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23... Paul gave us a statement. 
And you got to be able to discern that he's giving you how it was and how it is. He said the wages of sin is death. Now you have to know for him to put a semicolon there. You have not crossed. When I said when I, the cross means it's where we crossed over. Do everybody understand that? You went from what? Law to grace. Or you went from death to do everybody understand that? You went from natural to spiritual. Old Testament covenant is natural. Everything is natural. Natural resurrection, natural, natural, natural. Over here, spiritual resurrection. See, there's no death over here. Death was over here. Let me put it this way. Let's, let's look at it with Noah. Where was all the mess at before the flood? I gave you the answer. Where was all the mess? Y'all ain't watched the story of Noah. You just Google on your phone. Story of Noah, it'll come up. Noah. You do yourself. Use your phone. That God destroyed the world because how they were before the flood. Why do you think the flood came? Why eight people were saved? Because of the wicked of mankind. That was not after I got off over here. All that stuff was over there. Sin, death, all that stuff was over there. You got over here, you got off over here in a newness of life. See, everything God has given you a snapshot. Okay, but let's go on. That's not important. Uh, it's important, but it's not. The ways of sin is death, but... So he gave you a semicolon. He said, look, over here, the price that you had to pay for your salvation was death. You had to die. The ways of sin, man was going to die. But Jesus stepped in the cross and changed that. Amen. Now the gift of God Hallelujah. is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So over here, the ways of sin was death. But over here, the gift of God is eternal life. So if you're still over here, What's going to happen because you didn't get rid of your sins? You're going to die and go to hell. You got to pay for your own sin. But if you will come to the cross and receive God's salvation, you don't have to pay for your sin. He already has. Now the gift of God is eternal life. But then I ask you a question. What's the gift of God? Now let's go to Romans. See, he said the gift of God is eternal life, but he didn't tell you what, he what, what the gift of God is yet. So you have to understand, the gift of God, he said the gift of God is eternal life. For many years I saw that. And the Holy Ghost said to me, well, what is the gift of God? I said, the gift of God is the gift of God. He said, no, but what is the gift of God? Romans 5, 17. So you have to know what the gift of God is if it's eternal life. And then we're going to go to Acts 26, 18. Then we're going to go to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, and then I'm going to get in my message. You have to catch the people up, you know what I mean? Praise God. For by one man's offense, the word offense means sin, Adam, by one man's sin, Adam, death reigned by one man because of one man. Much more, they which receive abundant of grace 
abundant grace, abundant of grace, and the gift of righteousness. Okay. Romans 6, 23 says the gift of God is eternal life. Well, what is the gift of God? God's righteousness. Not just righteousness, God's righteousness, because there are four different righteousnesses in the Bible, and they're all taught in the book of Romans. But there's God's righteousness. God's son is his righteousness. Christ is God's righteousness. So water baptism was a righteousness. Did you know that? That's why people had to be baptized in water unto repentance, and they were declared righteous. It was a gift. It was, it was works. That's why when John told them, bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. And that's what baptism is. Baptism is saying, I'm repentant, and now I'm a righteous man. Under the law, you were. Because that's God's, what he said. You to keep the law, water baptized was a part of it, works, and now God look at you as obedient to the law. But that won't work a new covenant. That's what people are trying to do. They get water baptized and say, I'm right with God. You can't get right with God because you've been water baptized. All right. Let's keep going. For by one man's offense, one man's sin. Death reigned by one. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. So that's why you got to underline that verse, gift of righteousness, shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So now you reign in life. You're already in life. You're not in death anymore, you're in life. This is why people think they die, they're going to be, I'm going to be, have eternal life. No, you got to get eternal life. To get in Christ is when you got eternal life. Look at Romans 8, 1, 2, 3. I'm headed to my message. God knows. Romans chapter 8 said, There is therefore now no condemnation. Paul is giving you his testimony from the first chapter of Romans to the 8. He shows you what he went through, how God delivered him from the law, from sin, and from death. And once he got into Romans chapter 8, he said, Now there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. He realized I'm in Christ, there are no more judgment. Well, condemnation means judgment. And then he said, Who walk not the flesh, but after the spirit, because this is your new walk. Then he said this in verse 2, The law of the spirit of life. What law are you under now? The law of the spirit of life. What law are you under? Say it. The law of the spirit of life. See, the law of the spirit of life has made you free. Because God has given you the spirit of life. It made you free from the two laws that was on, the, on this side of the cross. The laws over here was the law of sin and death. You are not under those laws anymore. You are under the law of the spirit of life. Because this is the law that made you free. Give the Lord a big hand for his word. That law operates in Christ and Christ is in you. All right. What the law could not do. And that it was weak through the flesh. God sent his only begotten son. Only son. 
in the likeness of sinful flesh for a purpose. It was for sin. He came here for sin and he condemned sin in the flesh. He judged sin in the flesh. When Jesus went to the cross, he went to the cross and he judged sin. He condemned it to death. He stopped the law. He, he defeated principalities and powers. Made a show of them openly. Triumphed over them. Everything at the cross. That's why I sang the song at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. Can somebody rejoice with me? But it all happened at the cross. Let's go to work. We go on to Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 1 through 4. Habakkuk 2, 1 through 4. Now here's Habakkuk. God getting ready to give him a vision. But I'm going to back up and I'm going to show you after this. I'm going to go to Daniel. We're going to go to Ezekiel. We're going to go all the way down to I get to Paul. I'm going to show you the vision that God has given you now has been fulfilled. And all this stuff that people tell you that God going to do, God's already did it. How do I know that? I got, give me, let me put one up there. Let me put one scripture up there. That's 2 Corinthians 1.20. I want everybody in this church to remember that. As a matter of fact, I might end up putting it on the wall somewhere in here. That's how bad it's due. All the promises. Honey, so you get ready to order this. I know you got to do the, the, by grace you save over there, but I'm talking about just order it. Because these are things we're going to do. We're going to write them all over the church. All the promises of God in Christ is already yes. And in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. I want you to read that same thing out of the NLT. Going to get ready to shout a little bit. When you realize that every Old Testament scripture has been fulfilled. Now, if it has not, let me, this is what I say to people, Sister Minnie. Sister Minnie. Sister Minnie, I, we've been in ministry together with Sister Minnie for 35 years, 38. When I was assistant pastors. Sister Minnie and I was going to church together 38 years ago. All right. Now, watch what this says. All of God promised. Wait a minute. And if somebody said, you know, Jesus is coming. The Lord said he was. Wait. If he said he was, he promised. See, that's why my, my daughter, I had to correct my daughter one day because there's a song they put out. He said, won't he do it? He said he would. That's Sandra's word. And I said to Sandra, I said, Sandra, I know you like that, but he already did it. All right? See, he's already done it, right? All right. Now watch this. All God's promises. How many? All. How many is all? All. All God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ already. See, Christ is called the finished work of God. All God's promises in Christ has been fulfilled. With a resounding yes. 
And through Christ Jesus, our amen was mean. Yes, or sins to God for his glory. Can somebody say yes, Lord? Yes, Lord. That's what you got to understand. So when you keep hearing people say, oh, yeah, the Lord is coming, then what are you going to do with that verse? Well, he said it would. No, he has, he has come. He, that's why the last chapter in the book of Revelation says, he that said he will come, will come and will not. <laughs> now, 2,000 years ago, you got folks saying, well, he ain't come yet. Whenever he come. No, you don't, you don't, you're not reading the Bible. You're going by religion, traditional men. All right, let's keep going. All right, now. Hebrews chapter 2, we are following the Holy Spirit vision, not Hebrew, Habakkuk. We're going to go to Habakkuk, we're going to go to Daniel, we're going to go to Ezekiel, we're going to go to Revelation, all of that in one day. Hope you stay with me. I will stand up on my watch. Remember, this man, Habakkuk, is talking about what God is going to do, because he had no covenant. And God's going to give him the vision of what he's going to do in the last days, which people don't think has come yet. God has never told the Gentile or the body of Christ anything about the last days. He told Peter, he told Paul, for the people his day, what's going to happen in the last days. And then God told them through one of his prophets, let me show it to you. Look at 1 John 3.18. See, people, people are deceived, and they don't realize when you believe this stuff, you're not in faith. You're not walking in faith. You better believe the lie. Put this in your Bible. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed. That's not the one I want. 218. Sorry, Lord. First John 2, 218. Watch what it says. Don't drop your cup. King James Version. In the Version, don't make no difference. We're going to say the same thing. But I like, I like King James because it says, little children, in case you think it's coming, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, because that's what people say, you know the Antichrist is going to come. You heard he's going to come. Even now, there are many Antichrist whereby you know. It's, it's the what? You need to mark that in your Bible. So when people tell you the last days are coming, you say, well, look, the Bible says already last day 2,000 years ago. And you're going to need that verse because I can show you many verses in the Word of God that told you already the last day was 2,000 years ago. The reason Jesus came in the flesh was because it was the last days. Jesus came to fulfill Every jot and tittle of the old covenant. Look at, look at uh, the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 24, verse 44. Don't let nobody deceive you. If you're waiting for Jesus to come, you're not enjoying Christ. If you're waiting for Jesus to come, you are an unbeliever in the new covenant because you don't have Christ. If you're waiting for Jesus, you're saying, I don't have Christ. I'm not waiting to be married. I've been married 50 years. 
But if I get the idea that I'm waiting to meet somebody, what about the wife I got? See, what happened is, you don't even believe you're married if you're waiting to meet somebody. When you're married, are you waiting to meet somebody? For? Are you there? And he said to them, these are the words. This is what Jesus said after he rose from the dead. These are the words which I spake to you while I was yet with you, that all things must be, how many things? How many things? All things. All things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses. First, everything in the law of Moses had to be fulfilled. Second, all things in the prophets had been fulfilled. Everything in the Psalms concerning him had already been fulfilled. And yet people are telling you in the last days, end of the world coming, the Lord's going to do this. That's what you, you believe in a lie. To believe a lie means you don't believe the truth and you don't know the truth. That's why you have to understand. And people mean well, but they don't know. They're blinded to the truth. If you follow the blind, you're going to end up in a ditch. Believe in the seven and out program. Anybody ever heard the seven and out program? How many know what that is in the Bible? Psalm 90, right? Help you out. You can mark in your Bible. Could I ever ask you something? I will ask you again. Go to Psalm 90, King James, or any translation you're in. Now, when you get there, look at the heading of the Bible. Psalm 90 says, a psalm of Moses. And yet, people today would take that verse and use it in the church. It said, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Do you see it on the screen? I still don't get with six people. I'm going to wait y'all look up there. What is it on the screen? It's Moses. Moses under the law. Moses was in the wilderness. And watch what he's going to write. Lord, thou hast past tent been our dwelling place. The Lord is your dwelling place. Your soul is in Christ now. It ain't have been. In all generations. And they would tell you at a funeral. I want you to read this at a funeral. Psalm 90. And you're going to read an Old Testament scripture. And you're going to read a New Testament scripture. I don't want you to read no Old Testament scripture here in no, in no funeral. Old Testament scriptures did not have the spirit. And all the thing you can do is promise. Psalm 23 is not what you're supposed to read at the funeral. We'll go there next. So we talk about vision. See, this is why people mess up, they mess err in vision. That's what God told Jeremiah. They err in vision. Here's Psalm 90, verse 2. Before the mountain were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth or the world, even from everlasting, everlasting, thou art God. Oh, that sounds good, because he's talking about Israel. Thou turnest man to destruction, and thou say, Return, O children of men. You ain't no children of men, you're children of God. For a thousand years in thy sight as but yesterday, and when it's past, as a watch in the night. Sounds real good. You know, that's why they're shaking the keys. 
Thou carried them away as in the flood, like they did in Noah. They are as they sleep in the morning. That's, your, that's where you at, you in the morning, after the cross. Before the cross was at night. I'm serious. You only have the morning, the evening in the morning. You ever read the book of Genesis? told you, even in the morning, even in the morning. Okay. Thou carried them away with the flood, and they are asleep. They are asleep. In the morning, they are like grass which groweth up. But in the evening, in the morning, it flourishes, groweth up. In the evening, it's cut down and withered away. And we are consumed, watch this, by thy anger. They was in the wilderness. And by thy wrath, that ain't us. And people take the Bible and say, see right here, we all got to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who is he talking to? He talked to the church of God. He talked to the church of God while they were going through tribulation. He's not talking to the body of Christ because we can't go through the wrath of God. Why, pastor? Didn't you read that we sit together in heavenly places in Christ and you, there is no more judgment for the son? There's no more condemnation? You're in Christ, so how can you be still have judgment? We are consumed by thy anger, and by thy wrath, we are troubled. The Old Testament, you get out of it, you won't be troubled. <laughs> then he says, watch this, thou hast set our sins, iniquities, before you. Now, our sin is not before us. I got three people said something. I showed you Christ died for our sin, and I showed you they said that our sins are set before us. Seemed like all the men we got a louder shout than that. Read it again. It said, Thou hast set our iniquity before you, before thee. Our secret sins in the light of thy comfort. God has already forgiven you of all your sins. You, you, know, you, know what, you know why people are hard to accept that? Because they realize they've heard dumb prayer. You never heard a dumb prayer? Listen to it. I was taught a dumb prayer when I was raising up. Now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Sound real good. But when I got saved, how many know my soul's in Christ? Amen. So I don't have to pray a dumb prayer to think I'm going to die in my sleep and Lord, don't forget to get my soul. Like he's hard of hearing. Dumb stuff. Let's keep going. No, none of y'all prayed that prayer, just me. Then he said, all our days, all our days, watch this, all our days are as pass away in your wrath. No people's in the wilderness, dying in the wilderness. We spend our years of a tale that's told. Prayer of Moses. Now here we go. Here's the, here's the most popular one in the Old Testament. Here's the most popular one in churches. The days of our years are three score and, three score and ten. I want to ask you a question. 
how, much, how many is one score? 20. 20 years. Now, some of y'all did not know that. Write that down. Because if I had asked you how many schools are you right now, you'd have been like, huh, I don't know. If you, don't, you know what one score is, you'll know. How many is a score? You need to write that down. So he said three score and what? How many is that? Now in your, I don't know what they call this thing that we used to learn in school, but it says four score and seven. Four score and what? Some of y'all didn't see, some of y'all flunked that because y'all didn't know how many years that was. He was trying to tell you what happened back there. He says, four score and seven years ago, our father did. Don't y'all remember that in school? What do you call it? The preamble to the Constitution. You work in the school system. That's why. I want you to send it to me. Send it to me. Four score and seven years ago, our father did something on the. But here's my point. It was four, it was four score and seven years. Now, now, the thing about it is how many is four score and seven years? If you know how many one score, eight and seven years, right? Okay. Now, if that's eight and seven years, then I am how many score? You know my age. Not hard. I just read it to you on the screen. Three score and ten, right? Now, if I'm three score and ten, if by that, this is my last year. See, that's what happened is people sit up in church talking about, yeah, we in three score and ten. Well, you're seven years old, you're getting ready to get out of here. My mother was four score and twelve. So that ain't right, is it? That wasn't talking to me. So that's what you got to understand about vision. You got to, when vision is, who is he talking to? That is so critical. Because if I don't know who he's talking to, I'm going to give somebody the wrong message. And that's what churches are doing. I, I grew up in church. That's what he told me. That if you hear 99% of funerals, it'll say, how old was you? 92, pastor? Yeah. God didn't promise but 70. Come on now, how many heard that? You hear it all the time. You just don't want to say nothing. You just drop your head. See, you got to learn. Don't let people deceive you. That's not talking to you. Well, let's go somewhere else. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. I'm out of that. I got to take the next 15 minutes or so and give you my message. And I promise to stay on course in the next message. I will stand up on my watch, Habakkuk says, and I'm going to set me up on the tower and I'm going to watch to see what the Lord is going to say to me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me. Now remember, this is the vision. The Lord answered me and this is what he said to me. Write the vision. Make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Write the vision. Make it plain upon table that he that readeth that run it, that read it. And he said the next verse, for the vision is for yet an appointed time. We're going to follow the vision. An appointed time. 
But at the end, when it's going to speak, when it's going to be written so I can read it. That's what he says. It's going to speak. Otherwise, when will the vision be written that I can learn it, that I can read it? That's what I'm teaching you, Christ, and I'm crucified. The gospel of Christ is what he's talking about right there. The vision is yet for an appointed time. At the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come and will not tarry. All right, now what I want you to do, I want you to go to Romans chapter 2 back there. No, no, read, let me read this next verse first, I'm sorry. And you're going to go to Romans 2, 1, and start reading verse 1. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Those who believe in Christ are going to live. Those who do not believe are going to die. That's where you get the scripture that says, by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. That goes with Romans 10, 8, 9, 10. By your words, if you confess Jesus Christ, is Lord, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. That's why that's not under your covenant. Okay, where I'm going now? Romans 2, verse 1. Thou art, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art, thy judges. For wherein thou judges another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judges doeth the same thing. Next verse, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to one word. The judgment of God is according to truth against them who commit some things. The judgment of God is according to truth. Until the truth been preached, you can't have the judgment. And think of this old man that judges them who commit such things and you do the same thing that you, you're going to escape the judgment of God. Or despised by the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that it's the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance. Paul is ministering to the church of God at that time. Next verse, we read it. But after thy heartness and impotent heart, you treasure up, you treasure up thyself, wrath, against the day of wrath. They had a day of wrath coming at the end of the world. And revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his works. That's what deeds are. They will judge according to their works because they were under the law. You are not under the law. By grace are you saved through faith, not of now your service, the gifts of God, not of? They don't know it. They don't know it. Stop right there. Stop right there, ho. Go back to Ephesians chapter 2. That's why I'm putting it on the board. As important your salvation is, you've got to learn some scripture. Watch what it says again. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. You've got to understand. Old Testament, I'm telling you, they were... Judge according to their works. You got to know this ain't you because your covenant does not declare you to have works for salvation. After you're saved, then get the work. 
but you're not saved because of the works you do. For by grace are you saved through faith that's not of yourself. It's to what? It's the gift of God. If you'll start quoting the word, you'll start learning it. But you can't just sit there and look at the word and think it's just going to come on in. As a matter of fact, look at this water and tell me how much you just drank. How much did you drink? You can't look at it and drink. No better you can look at the word and receive it. The word must enter into the senses. I'm going to get to that when I do uh, the next series I'm going to be doing, showing you about how important it is for you to renew your mind. My job is to save you in the church from dementia. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't renew your mind, then your body will live longer than your mind. I'm trying to see, do you think? Your mind's supposed to live longer than your body. As a matter of fact, your, your soul determines how long your flesh lives. And yet, folk don't want to work. All day long, days of our lives, another world, somebody hospital. <laughs> Rachel. I've been watching Rachel ever since my mother, we were little kids. He was still watching that stuff. Erica. I, I, my whole point is this. My whole point is this. It's your mind that determine how long you live. That's why, that's why I, I'm just giving you little touches. That's why he told you to renew your mind. My mother was 92 years old. My mother could tell you. I would ask her all the time. This is how I learned all this stuff. I said, I need to know when we turn off the highway going to our house on the left-hand side, who lived there, who lived there, who lived there, and I'm trying to figure out who lived there. And she said, well, it's just right here you had her, you had them, you had us, you had them, you had them. No, 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 they weren't there. They were on the other side of us. Right on around the world to the graveyard, all the way back down the other date road, all the way back. And I'm going like, this woman, mine is. And God said to me, the mind determines the age of the flesh. If you plan on living long, you, you watch. You watch all the Old Testament patriarchs. They walked with God. And when man began to die, he had eaten of the tree of neither good and evil, and he lost his mind. He lost his mind. So Paul comes back with the new covenant and told you to read, look at Romans 12, 1. I'll just quote it for you. I was going to quote it. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you therefore, brothers. Not of works. There it is on the screen. That's why I want to show you earlier. See it where it said not of works? Do you see it said not of works? Your covenant is not of works. But the Old Testament covenant, they were judged according to their work. Your covenant is not of works. That's the difference. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is your reasonable service. 
And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. That's what he's telling you to do, is to be transformed. We go from here to 3 John 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Take this word I'm giving to you and take it seriously. And begin to renew your mind. That you may prove. That you may prove. Not just saying God is good. That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You can prove it by renewing your mind. Why you think man started out with 800, 900 years old and end up 120 at the flood? You ain't got but two minutes. Don't make sense, right? Did you understand what I just said? What did I just say? I said, when it come down to, to the time where Christ and the flood, how many years they were? 120, right? Now, that never changed. But how many men get to 120? Why you think my man's age is decreasing. Not redoing the mind. If you ever seen a person with dementia, how many seen a person with dementia? Their mind had not kept up with their body. Let me put it another way. Their body did not keep up with their mind. Their mind did not keep up with their body. You look at the body, it looks just fine. But their mind cannot keep up and function with the body. It's called dementia. One is faster than another. That's what happens when you don't want the word. You get old and you don't know nothing. Don't know who nobody is. God showed me that when I was watching a picture a movie with my wife. I'd never seen that movie before. I just had the TV on, and I was watching something going like, man, I started looking at them and said, Sister Crump going like this. Me and her going to sit and watch this together. And this woman, this man, were all together. It was a story, a book, something about the book or something. The notebook. Notebook. Now, we sit and watch that. And what happened was, you know, this woman got old, and matter of fact, she was beautiful. When a mind would come back, they would dance, they would go, they would go out, they would have a good time. This is my wife. And all of a sudden, you're like, who are you, Lavina? What are you doing with me? Get your hand off me. Hey, call the police on me. That's what happens when you don't renew your mind. The mind had not been renewed. Now the man is traveling faster. When you get there, I'm going to show you all the things begin to happen to the mind, and you're going to realize it's because you didn't get it saved. You got to understand something. I get you born again, now I got to get your mind saved. But I can't do it if you don't come in here. Then you get old, you'll be, hey, 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 Reverend. Come here, Reverend. Hey, Reverend can't do it for you now. I'm here to help you now. 
Let me help you now. Third John 2. I'm done. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be, be funny and smart. I'm here to be serious with you. So that's why I keep telling you it's all about the mind. All the money God has invested in this ministry and the vision, the vision he gave you to save your mind. There's not another vision in this book that would save your mind. And I'm going to show you, your soul is made up of three different compartments. Each one of those got to be yielded to God. Sometimes I think about just stopping this series and going there, but I think the day will be probably part six, so you might be getting it soon. All right, here we go. Beloved. Now, this is what John wrote. The book of Jude, I'm sorry. When that Jude? John. Beloved. I'm trying to see if y'all know what book I'm in. Y'all just keep looking at her. What? That's what happened. You had dementia, but I'm not saying y'all have dementia. When people have dementia, you'd be like, say something today. What did I say? You didn't hear nothing I said. What did you say? Jesus looked at the disciple one day and said, you are dull of hearing. See, we got a long way to go. When I get in that series, we're going to get down to some real stuff. Because you're not going to get old up in here. Amen. Thank you, Lord. No, Thank no, Lord. no. We're going to get that mind saved. That will saved. Amen. Beloved, I wish above all things. Now, this is the expression of the spirit of the living God, his, his wish. I did a teaching a series on desire. This is another one of them that you may prosper. Well, Pastor God wants us to prosper. He does. But you didn't read the rest of the verse. You stopped at the money and the wealth. And then he wants you to be in health. Yes, he wants you to be in health. But all that stuff is because it's even as your soul prospers. If your soul do not prosper, then the things of health and wealth cannot hang in your house long when you can't keep them. My time is up. I thank you for your Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.